We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. I never know what I'm going to get to open up hour number two. I got to say, I don't hate that. It is a nice change of pace from the normal Jay-Z that we play here on the show every single day. And who doesn't love a little NFL film music? I mean, come on. I'm just thinking of old school highlights while this music's playing. It's terrific. It's great stuff. All right, welcome back in. This is hour number two, Wichita sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Sorry, my microphone just retracted on its own. We might have a ghost in here, Kyle. <laughs> you might have to protect me here. I don't know what just happened. My mic just went back. That's the ghost of Jack Johnson not liking the intro music, apparently. Apparently, apparently either that or Jay-Z somehow just telepathically just came this way and moved stuff around. I don't know. Anywho, this is hour number two. I'm Pat Strathman. Kyle Collier filling in for Jack Johnson, who is in beautiful Surprise, Arizona. I didn't ask him what the temperature was today. Something tells me not that bad. Well, he's been busy. He's been hard at work, and we'll play some of his work coming up in just a little bit. He visited with three Royals players. He also talked with Matt Quatrero. From earlier today, we also have some audio from John Sherman, but we're not going to have time to get to that. I might just save that for a Shane show tomorrow. Jack hinted that there will be a ton of content coming our way tomorrow, and we'll find a way to sneak it in. We do have Matt Derrick tomorrow. We'll have Taylor Eldridge tomorrow. We have very limited space for tomorrow, but we'll find a way to do it because Jack is hard at work. So we'll get to his stuff in just a little bit. 316-669-4996, that is the hotline. Daniel used it earlier today in order to tell a riddle, which I do appreciate that. So if you want to voice your opinion involving sports from this past weekend, let us know. 669-4996. You'll also need that number for Kansas lottery tickets, not for today, but for tomorrow here on the show and potentially other things that we might be giving away. Stay tuned. Text line number is 316-247-0923. I know some people are working. They don't have the time to call. They don't have the ability to call, but they can text. If you want to be that sneaky person to text your thoughts while at work, let us know. 247-0923. Social media-wise, Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram, type in ESPN Wichita, will show up. Make sure to like and follow all those pages because you never know what might happen. We're nearing 2,000 followers on Facebook, so if you want to help us, please and thank you. We are over 1,100 followers on Twitter already, which you guys have been great about that. Instagram, we're over 300 followers, which that's not huge, but if you use any of those social media pages... Feel free to follow us. We have great content coming on all those different pages. Go to ESPN Wichita on any of those for Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Before we continue, before we try to figure out the 
plan of attack for Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs. This past weekend, hope you had a chance to go out and check out Twin Peaks. Vision Tab 21st and Rock. Lent officially kicked off. And on Friday, they officially started their beer battered fish and chips. Special that they have. $10. That's a steal, man. Steal. You know what happened yesterday? Yesterday was National Drink Wine Day. I do wine from time to time. Not really my top choice. I am a fan of drier wines. It's always been my thing. Some people like white. Some people like sweet. Totally fine. Well, a couple things here this week. Starting tomorrow, stop by the number one sports bar for a scratch lunch and two matches to close out leg one of the Champions League round of 16. Who's ready to see some rematches in League Two? And coming up on the 22nd, so on Wednesday, no, it'd be Thursday. On Thursday, celebrate National Margarita Day with the best marg lineup in the game. What's your go-to style? House, peaks, watermelon, pool party, or on the rocks? Score any of them for a special price all day long on February 22nd. And guess what? If you had a long weekend and the work week is off to a bad start, you can always go and hit the reset button. Go to Twin Peaks. It's beautiful weather. Go chill out on the patio right now and capitalize on the very best happy hour in town. It's only at Twin Peaks, Ridge and Taft, and 21st and Rock. We appreciate their support of ESPN Wichita. We love them. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun at Twin Peaks. And by the way, we should be coming up on another remote first week of March. I believe March 8th we're going to be out there at Twin Peaks. I think it's going to be at Twin Peaks West this time. So mark it down on your calendars. Come out and see us. We'll have some swag and all that wonderful stuff. Well, Twin Peaks is the home of all sorts of sports. You're going to have to wait a long time before watching the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs, well, it's offseason time in the National Football League. And uh, we saw the Chiefs start things off with a couple of contract extensions. Dave Tobe has a new contract, the special teams coordinator for Kansas City. Steve Spagnolo also has a new contract in Kansas City, the defensive coordinator, the only D.C. to win four Super Bowl championship rings, which he should be going to the Hall of Fame for that reason alone, but that's just me. The other thing that Kansas City did as well, franchise tag season is officially open. And no, they did not place the place a franchise tag on anyone. They have the capability of doing so on a couple different options. But something that they also did this past weekend, which again, this is pretty standard. I don't think anyone's too surprised by this, but it very well could complicate some things. The Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs have picked up the contract option on star defensive tackle Chris Jones and will keep the right to place a franchise tag on him in the offseason. That doesn't mean that he has a new contract, but they have a chance to place the franchise tag on him. So theoretically, they still have their hands on Chris Jones as of right now. 
The Kansas City Chiefs paid him for $2.5 million. He had earned an incentives under a one-year contract he signed last September after his holdout from training camp through week one of the 2023 season. That was a, that was the thing about his contract. It was so loaded with incentives. And Chris Jones probably got a good chunk of them, right? I don't know if he got all of them, but one of the incentives was to win the Super Bowl. And Chris Jones got a hefty dollar amount for that. I think that alone was $2 million, if I recall correctly. Anywho, the projected franchise tag for a defensive tackle is $19.753 million based on the top five salaries at that position. That's according to Over the Cap. Jones would become a free agent in March if Kansas City doesn't use a tag or reach an agreement with them. So they have to go. But here's the thing. The franchise tag for a defensive tackle is that amount, right? But that number is actually different. The number is actually $32.16 million. So you're probably wondering, how does that happen? Well, here's the deal. They picked up the $4.25 million option bonus. With the way that works, that charge is spread out over five years from 2023 to 2027 for cap purposes. But since the remaining years on Jones' contract void next week, the remaining 80% of it, $3.4 million, accelerates onto their 2024 cap. So the Chiefs would have to carry a salary cap charge of $35.56 million for Jones if they franchise tagged him. And the thing is, the franchise tag also changes because Chris Jones has been in this situation before. So it only continues to go up. Every time you use that franchise tag, if if the Chiefs were to franchise tag him again, I believe in 2025, it would be north of $45 million for Chris Jones for one season. Let that sink in for a moment. $45 million. That is a pretty big chunk of change for the Kansas City Chiefs to use on a player like that. Now, Jones, last week at the parade, he did tell everyone that he's going to be a Chief next year and the year after that and the year after that. Meanwhile, his agents on social media said someone needs to needs to watch him. I think limit the bartenders. The bartenders need to limit these guys, something like that on social media. Everyone in Chiefs Kingdom wanting Chris Jones to get rid of his agents. I think that's a very, very slim chance of that happening. But Chris Jones, of all the pieces that are there for Kansas City that need to be moved around, decisions need to be made around, he is the number one guy that you have to figure out first, and then it goes from there. My gut feeling going into the season last year was this would be the final year for Chris Jones. And what a year for him to be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, winning another Super Bowl, being tackled by Andy Reid, or I should say dogpiled by Andy Reid. We all, at least I shouldn't say we all, because that's probably not true. I just had this gut feeling that this would be the final year for, for him in Kansas City. And the reason being is because of what we've seen from Brett Veach before. 
They didn't pay Tyreek Hill the money. They traded Tyreek Hill. They got five picks, four picks in return. Can't remember the exact number, but a lot of picks. The roster became younger. There's more rookie contracts, and that has been helpful, especially for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. You still have Legereus Sneed to worry about. Need to worry about Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil. What do you do with their wide receiver room? So many question marks for the Chiefs to, to answer. Chris Jones is the very first guy you got to discuss, though. Tyreek Hill, when he was traded, many were suggesting that Kansas City's offense would never be the same. And yes, it hasn't. It hasn't been the same. You don't have one guy that you can throw a 10-yard route, 5-yard route underneath on a crossing pattern, and he can take it 67 yards for a touchdown. Kansas City doesn't have that weapon. This past year was a struggle for the Chiefs' offense because of the wide receivers that were there. MVS, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, the list goes on and on and on. Everyone distracted trying to make sure Travis Kelsey doesn't do anything. Force others to beat opponents. And yet Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are still able to win a championship. If you remove Chris Jones from the equation on defense for Kansas City, you still have Charles and Menahue, but here's the problem with that ACL tear happening so late in the season, I don't even know if he's going to be ready at the start of the year, and when is he going to be ready? And we'll have some more conversations about cuttable guys. Charles Amenhu is probably near the top of that list. And I know that's weird to say, and it would be a cold thing to do, but we'll get into that as the week progresses because we have the entire week to pace ourselves. If you remove Chris Jones from the lineup for Kansas City, can the Chiefs still be effective? You have a back end that's pretty darn good, but there's also a Jerry Sneed you have to – address as well can Kansas City sign both those guys seems like a pretty tough hill to climb so if you're Kansas City almost feels like maybe the best option would be to try to see the type of haul that you can get for a guy like Chris Jones now Brett Veach is a wizard Brett Veach has been able to do some maneuvering to get guys paid Last year, he mentioned in the offseason that Chris Jones would be a top priority. The number too high too high to give, though. That was too high for the Chiefs to say, all right, that sounds good. You're worth that dollar amount. I think Kansas City knows what Chris Jones is worth, but they also, Brett Veach understands. He's got a, a certain code in his DNA that says do not give – Guys who are 29, 28 years old, a five-year contract that's going to be worth millions and millions of dollars that could ultimately come back to bite you in the rear because those guys decline. Now, Patrick Mahomes might be a little bit different. Tyreek Hill hasn't shown that he's declining. But I get the logic behind what Brett Feach is trying to do. It's just you got to be darn sure that the rest of the pieces on defense can can work without Chris Jones because 
Chris Jones has theoretically been the heartbeat of this Kansas City Chiefs defense for the last so many years. So step one is to pick the contract option up, and that's what Kansas City did. And that gives Kansas City a chance to place the franchise tag on them. And now the window is pretty narrow. And I also, if I recall correctly, too, there's also a narrow window to cut a guy. It might be Charles Amenehu who's one of them. I have to go back and do some research on it. But I think Charles Amenehu, you have to get him cut by a certain point in March. And I think it's early March in order to save some money on a guy like that. But, yeah, Chris Jones not being a member of the Chiefs, I know it's hard to, to think about. But in all honesty, is that the best move for Kansas City at this stage? George Karloftis having a, a double-digit sack season this past year. And year number two, go out and maybe go out and maybe and maybe try to get another guy who could try to help out up front. Felix Inudike Uzama was a first-round draft pick this past year. Maybe you do keep Charles and Menahue. Might not be a terrible group, but FAU is also a guy we haven't seen a lot of. It's quite the conundrum for Kansas City. Quite the conundrum. 316-247-0923. Do you feel the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl without Jones? I do. That is something. Appreciate the text message, by the way. That is quite the question. It's, it's quite the question. Because I, I know I know people get caught up in sacks and tackles, and if you don't have so many sacks, people think you're a failure. I don't think that's the case for Chris Jones because he commands such a a presence that you have to worry about double teaming him and all that stuff. Because if you look at defenses, it, it's really twofold here. Some people would say that your back end, your secondary, is only as good as your pass rushers. And your pass rushers are only as good as your secondary. Sometimes they are tied together. They're tethered. Because if you have a good pass rush, then it allows guys to cover for much less time, making them more effective. Of course, if you have guys who can lock you down in the secondary, then it allows your guys who can't get to the quarterback, they get a little bit more time to get to the QB, and you hope that things break down and you come up with a sack. It's so intriguing that you bring that up because I, I keep going back and forth. Guys who made plays in the Super Bowl. FAU made a tackle for loss. George Karloftis had a great game. Mike Pinnell came up with a monster stop. You have some big plays by secondary members. I mean, if you really think about it, think about some key moments. Chris Jones impacted the game. Make no mistake about it. But it seemed like there were some other guys who came up with some pretty big plays in all those different moments. And and he almost feel like, too, Patrick Mahomes at some point, if you give him the ball at that stage in the game, he's going to find a way to lead the team to the win. And, and maybe that's still the mentality. You still have number 15. He's the guy that you rely on. That's the guy that you for sure can't lose. Winning a Super Bowl without without Chris Jones. 
mean, he's had some other moments too. It's not just the Super Bowl. But in the game against the 49ers, you can't make the argument. Look at some of the other guys stepping up and making plays. I can see where your logic is. That's a tough one, though. Because, again, I, I think everyone gets so caught up in sacks. They, 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 see, they, they see sacks, and if you are the top guy in the game, if you're top three, then you should be having 15 sacks in the eyes of many people as a defensive tackle which Chris Jones just gobbles up more double teams than, than most people. But heck, I mean, the guy who really graded out the best, according to Pro Football Focus, was actually Leo Chanel for the Kansas City Chiefs, a linebacker, second-year player for Kansas City out of Wisconsin. So Steve Spagnuolo just had such a, a versatile defense this year, and, and that's why I just look at next, next year and, and beyond, if Chris Jones isn't a part of it, can he still be versatile? And I still think you can. But Chris Jones does command such attention that I do think it might th- make things a little bit more challenging for Steve Spagnuolo. That's a great question, Texer, though. That, that really is. You believe that they would have won the Super Bowl without Chris Jones. And I think there are others that agree with that. At least I think there are others out there that agree with that. Because those guys that I just listed, they're not the household names. Like George Carlotta's two for two in Super Bowls with a double dash, double digit sack season, and I felt like no one talked about him at all. Charles Manning, who got more talk than George Carlotta's. And then FAU making the play when he did. Mike Pinnell making a big play. I think Turk Wharton might have been all right, too. There are guys that, that stepped up and made big plays and big moments. And maybe that's why, if you're Brett Feach, maybe that's why you're okay letting Chris Jones walk, but I don't think he's going to let Chris Jones walk. My guess is you're doing your due diligence, you're making phone calls, and you're asking, what can you give me for this guy? And what would be a, we'll tag him, but we'll trade you, and this is what's going to, this is what's going to cost. I don't even know what Chris Jones would probably get, a second-round pick, third-round pick. I don't even know what the value would be appraised that. But I guess we'll see if that's a move for Brett Veach. Only time will tell. Thank you, Texter. Text line 316-247-0923. Let us take a pause. When we come back, we will have some audio from Surprise Arizona. You'll hear from Matt Cotrero and others as well. That's next year on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita. All right, now, now you return to J-Z. H-O-V, Hove. Appreciate it. I also appreciate me back. That's what I <laughs> Well, the microphone didn't fly back this time. <laughs> the microphone stayed put. So it worked. 316-247-0923 on the text line. Got a couple more after the text from... One of our listeners saying, uh, I don't, I think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl without Chris Jones. Another one said, We may have won the Super Bowl without him, but when I, we would not have gotten there without him. And that's the other thing, too. You can lock in on one game, but one game, yes, in that moment, that, in that moment right there, you get focused in on just that one thing, but it is the entire process of getting to this point. 
And Chris Jones, there were there were times to where you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Kansas City wins that game without him. But he also did sit out the, the very first game against the Detroit Lions, and Kansas City barely lost by one. And that was mainly because of, without Travis Kelsey. So you can look at different different ways there. Love Jones, though, is another texter. 316-247-0923. I remember Chris Jones when he first had his little mini holdout, and I'm like, okay, I'm over this guy. But the guy's just trying to get paid. Just like with anything, right? You you start off I'm like, I don't know about this guy, and then you get older and you're like, okay, I understand where he's coming from. And this past year, I understood where he was coming from too. But if he wants that type of money, I just don't think Kansas City is going to be able to give him the type of money that he wants. You know what Jack Johnson can give us? Not Jay-Z threats, <laughs> but he can give us audio from Surprise Arizona. It's the Kansas City Royals getting ready for the upcoming season. It's spring training baseball. Jack Johnson is out there, and Sorrent Petro is also out there. So we'll have plenty of stuff coming your way involving the Kansas City Royals, which they're going to be out there today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Jack will be back on the show for Thursday. He had a chance to speak with James MacArthur, Matthew Sauer, and Carter Jensen he also talked to John Sherman. We'll have to save that more than likely for tomorrow. He did stick out a microphone for Matt Quatrero. So let's get to Matt Quatrero. Let's start with him. Here is Matt Quatrero with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, you know, to see everybody in the room. It's, you know, it always feels a little weird because most of the guys have been here for a while. But just to get the official start of the camp going, and, you know, just messaging, take advantage of every opportunity. Take advantage of today. Be excited about what you have to do. We've had an exciting off season, but, you know, none of it matters unless you go out there day to day and perform. And then did everyone report? Yeah, everybody's here, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. It's been a couple of days since you guys have been out here in Arizona. Now you can see a lot of the fans matriculate again. Does that give you like an extra, like, this is it's real, it's time to go now? Yeah, seeing fans, seeing, you know, the whole squad out here, the whole, you know, as far as instructors, everybody's here now. And, and yeah, once you get everybody going, there's definitely a different energy, different pep in your step. Much more of a veteran presence, perhaps, this year with all the guys that have been brought in. I mean, how do you count on those guys to, to lead, and how much was their, you know, character, their leadership abilities part of why you guys were interested beyond just what they do on the mound and such? Yeah, it's tremendous. Uh, part of it was understanding who they were as people who they are as leaders but you know as we've said we don't sign players to come in and be coaches they come in to play this is their career we know that they'll lead because of who they are and the what we know of them as people we don't ask them to do anything that's outside their character a lot more competition obviously this year i mean how does that you think affect the younger guys and how's that all all ships rise with the tide type of thing but is there anything beyond that no that's exactly it you know and that was exactly what we mentioned in there today and that goes for staff too you know a lot's been said in the media about the players we signed but we've added a lot of infrastructure behind the scenes and that's to challenge people that's to challenge myself everybody in here to get better mentally physically all those things and that goes for the players so like you said you know the tide raises all ships and we that's what we need Still, as much as you emphasize uh, you know, focusing on today, how much do you think the veterans will help that help the younger guys? 
kind of grasp that focusing on process and that results, especially in spring training? Yeah, tremendously. You know, and it and really spring training is the easier time to do that for the young guys. It's the season that's the harder time when when the stats count and the you know the eyes of the world are on you every night. So I think we're lay, they'll lay the groundwork for that in the spring, but the real benefits are going to come during the season. You guys obviously got a lot done. We brought in a lot of guys, as I mentioned before. There's still some of the big names out there. This has been a new trend in the last three or four years. Just kind of big picture, obviously, beyond your team. But is there anything baseball can do to get that moving, get guys in? Or is this just a sign that maybe condensed spring training make it a little shorter, that guys are just waiting to sign because they don't want to be at all of spring training? Well, I don't know about that. I can't speak to that. I've never heard someone specifically say that. And I just, I recently heard of the idea of a free agent period. I don't know if that's new or not. It's new to me. Um, I haven't given it much thought, but it seems like that would eliminate what, what's going on now. Um, you know, I know there can be some disruption when guys sign late and come in late. But, you know, ultimately, if you're signing a, a top-level player, you're going to welcome the disruption if he makes your team that much better. And again, I know your job is to run the Royals and not all of baseball, but just as a guy who's been in and around the game, I mean, hot stove, that was the baseball's offseason was the magic offseason back in the day. Now, you know, there's specials about NBA free agency, NFL. It, it kind of, it just seems to kind of drip, 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 drip. Would it be good for the game to have some kind of big what, a deadline, create some kind of momentum where there's all these free agents moving and get people drawn back in the offseason? Uh, you know, again, I haven't given that much thought. I mean, just in listening to you talk there, I mean, deadlines seem to create, you know, interest and it creates action. Um, but I have given that zero thought prior to you asking that. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say much more about that. Is there any, is there any difference that you've noticed um, this year's spring training versus last year just beyond, you know, you guys getting in, getting to know the organization? Is there any difference in how we're going to do things? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or just the, you know, the atmosphere. Well, it's different atmosphere because of some of the guys, you know, the excitement that was created by bringing in some of the veteran players. I mean, personally, you know, like I've mentioned, like, the familiarity with the people in the organization and knowing where to go and little things of, like, which field is which. you you got to get used to all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, I think we're, like we've done in the past, we're going to focus on fundamentals. We're going to stress teaching. We're going to stress communication. And, and those those are the principles that we're going to build on. Obviously, going in, it looks like Mike Hell's going to be at third base. That's his spot. How much do you try to get him working in the other spots to keep him fresh? How much do you want everybody to have a second spot, regardless of who they are, that they can go play second, third spot, fourth spot? Yeah, I mean, part of the benefit of a lot of the guys we have are their versatility. I mean, Mike Hell came up through the minor leagues as a shortstop. You know, <clears throat> Frazier's played multiple positions. You know, we, we need that because we're negligent in our job if we don't prepare for injury or underperformance or those kinds of things. So guys have to move around. Um, but at the beginning, Michael will be at third. I, he's such a good infielder. I don't think it takes much for him to go play a different position, him specifically. feel a lot better with all the depth you have at the positions? I mean, all the guys you got in, they can play second, can play. But you, you, this year, last year you had a couple guys that seemed like they were the utility guys, and that was it. Now it feels like you've got depth everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of our goal is to create depth not only on the major league team but throughout the organization to withstand injuries and and whatever unforeseen things we can have. So within a team, within the major league team, we're always going to be looking to put the best nine out there on any given night. So whether that's matchup oriented, handedness, you know, all those kinds of things, we're going to take that into play and we have the ability to move guys around. In center field, would you like to have somebody every day or 
you know, do, do like that. I mean, everybody would like to have Ken Griffey Jr. running around out in center field, right? But, yeah. but I, I, as you look at it, would you, do you, you want somebody to grab that job and it be theirs, or are you okay if it ends up being kind of a platoon or something along those lines? Again, the same thing. I mean, we're going to try to put the best nine out there to match up with the opposition every night, whether that's the starter or the bullpen. we got to factor in our offensive side. we got to factor in our defensive side. You know, and we're going to use players within the game, too. So it's not going to be just because you start, you play all nine, or just because you're not starting, you don't get in the game. So we're going to be open to using everybody. Matt, Jack Bartlett, Cronkite News. Uh, what can you say about the addition of John Schreiber to the bullpen? Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, I've seen John quite a bit when he was with Boston. Um, he's pitched in high leverage. He's a competitor. He's a bulldog, those kinds of things. His stuff really plays. I think it's just adding another quality major league pitcher to our bullpen and, and raising, the, raising our expectations. All right, that's Matt Quatrero from earlier today, courtesy of Jack Johnson covering Royals baseball. Spring training baseball taking place in Surprise, Arizona. Let's get to some of the players that he had a chance to speak with. These are a little bit shorter, but I do think these are also important. Let's start with James MacArthur. He had a chance to speak with him. He was traded to the Royals in exchange for Junior Marin and cash considerations in May of last year in 12 games with the uh, AAA Omaha Storm Chasers. He registered a 4.87 ERA with 31 strikeouts in a 20 and a third innings pitched. On June 24th, he was promoted to the major leagues for the first time, made his major league debut against the Cleveland Guardians on June 28th. He did surrender seven runs on six hits in an inning of work. He was optioned back to Omaha the very next day. Jack Johnson talking to James MacArthur from Surprise, Arizona. What's up, Kansas City? This is Jack Johnson with James MacArthur of the Kansas City Royals. James, uh, first off, going back to last year, you had to juggle a lot of different roles, right? You start a little bit, then you're out of the bullpen. At the very end, you kind of found your niche closing. What was that like your first year in the big leagues to have to juggle so many different roles coming out of the bullpen and the rotation, and finally as a closer? Oh, yeah, it was really cool. It was a good experience. Um, Got a lot of different opportunities and different looks last year. Super thankful for it. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I just try to take every opportunity the same, like just going out there trying to get outs and help my team win, and uh, no matter what role they put me in. I was just talking with Matt Sauer, and he's kind of you know, in a role that you were in last year that you're in the minor league level, and then all of a sudden you make the jump to the big leagues. And I you know, was excited for this opportunity. I know he was rule five. You were not. You were through trade here. Mm-hmm. But what were those nerves like of just having to make that jump from double A all the way to the big leagues? You struggled a little bit at first, but then really, really found your footing as one of the best bullpen arms out there for Kansas City last year. Yeah, I mean, at first it can seem like a lot, but I think kind of just goes back to what I said, you know, um, sticking to the basics, following your routine, um, going out there and just trying to help your team win. Uh, we have a really good staff and a really good group of players here. So, you know, they made me feel at home right away. And, uh, yeah, I love being here and love playing here. Now, I know for closers, some guys get really fired up and amped up the bigger the crowd that there is. And I'll remember the, the series against Houston, you know, back-to-back days you get a save. Are you one of those guys that the bigger the crowd, the bigger the sellouts there, it gets you going a little bit more as, in terms to a, more of a sparse crowd? I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, I think I, I have such little experience so far mm-hmm. in that role that uh, it's kind of hard to tell. But um, I definitely enjoyed it. It was a really cool experience. Very surreal having a lot of family there, being from Texas. Um so, yeah, we'll see. That is James MacArthur from yesterday with our very own Jack Johnson. 
Let's move on to the guy that he just mentioned, and that is Matt Sauer, who was originally drafted by the Yankees in the second round of the 2017 Major League Baseball draft. He signed officially with the Yankees on June 24th, assigned to Gulf Coast, or to the Gulf Coast League Yankees, I should say. He spent 2019 in Charleston, and then he kind of bounced around. And then the Kansas City Royals, on December 6, 2023, the Kansas City Royals selected Matt Sauer from the Yankees in the Rule 5 draft. What was that experience like? Jack Johnson with Matt Sauer. What's going on, Kansas City? This is Jack Johnson with Rule 5 pick Matt Sauer here in Surprise, Arizona, for Royals training camp here. Matt, kind of walk me through what that process was like, the Rule 5 draft, and you're pitching in the minor leagues, and now you get this, this chance immediately to come up and compete at the major league level. Yeah, I mean, it's just a blessing. Um, great opportunity that I was given to come over here and just prove what I can do. Um, really excited for this opportunity. And, yeah. Did you kind of have an expectation that going into the Rule 5 draft, you might be one of those guys that's selected? Um, it was always in the back of my head, but, uh, you know, I never knew for sure until the Royals actually called me, you know, and told me that they had picked me. And that's really when I found out because I honestly had no idea going into the draft. So is there anything this offseason that you've kind of been having to work on now to make this jump from AA all the way to the big league level? And the way the Rule 5 works, it's big leagues or yeah. back to the minor leagues. Yeah, so, I mean... Obviously, I've been working on the whole offseason, my shapes, pitch shapes and everything, and then just uh, refining all of those, being able to get, you know, breaking balls in, in the zone early in the count. Um, I mean, that's something that I'm going to have to get better at, especially um, I mean, if I want to stay on this team and help this team win. You know, that's something that I'm going to have to do. A lot of new bullpen guys that are coming here in here, Will Smith, Chris Stratton being a couple more. Um, no, even John Schreiber just coming over yesterday in the trade from Boston. You know, how have those guys, some of these veterans, helped you, you know, so far? I know it's really early, but are you excited to get to work with these guys, you know, have a, bone or a brain to pick a little of course, bit? Of them? Um, I mean, I always try to pick the brain of guys that have been there for a long time, you know, like Will Smith's been doing it for years. And, um, but like, as of right now, it's, it's just nice that they're keeping it loose, you know. And one more guy to get to uh, this is Carter Jensen. You're probably wondering who Carter Jensen is. He's actually a local kid from the Kansas City area. He's a former Park Hill High School baseball standout. His hometown team, of course, was Kansas City growing up. He was drafted in the third round of 2021 right out of high school. And here he is now in Surprise, Arizona, working on his technique as a catcher. He's a 20-year-old kid. Jack Johnson and him probably fairly close in age, although I think Jack's like 25 now, so maybe not that close. Anywho, Jack Johnson had a chance to visit with a hometown kid in the Kansas City area. Here is Carter Jensen. We're here with Carter Jensen here at Royal Spring Training in Surprise, Arizona. So, Carter, yesterday I had the chance to see you face off with Will Klein, kind of the one-on-one live BP, and I think you might hit that ball about 440. Um, might have been the loudest sound I heard yesterday. So, uh, what was that that like? I mean, I think it was 98, 99, you know, probably in your wheelhouse there. But is that kind of power something you're kind of growing into here a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something uh, we've been working on, uh, consistency, hitting the ball cleaner um, a 
lot more. So that's the thing that I think this year, a big thing for me, I think I'm going to grow into that power and show it off a little bit more. And um, that's, I mean, that's the plan. So, I mean, Will Klein, I mean, great pitcher. He got me his first at bat. He got me in the first at bat, struck me out. Um, so, I mean, just tried to go back up there the second time, put a good swing on the ball. And, um, I mean, that's all I can control. You know, one of the youngest guys here in camp. What's this been like for you? I mean, a lot of veterans out here. You know, Salvador Perez, obviously an icon here in Kansas City, and you get to play the position you know, right behind him, working with him. But being one of the youngest guys here, what's this been like for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, even though, like, I am probably the youngest guy here, it doesn't really feel like it. These guys have brought me in, um, broken arms. I mean, they've helped me out a ton. Um, guys like Bobby, Michael Massey, MJ, um, Salvi, and Freddie, I mean, those guys have all brought me in, uh, made me feel like a part of the team, even though I'm uh, this is my first big league spring training. So, I mean, those guys have been incredible, and I'm super excited to keep working with them this spring. What's this offseason been like for you, you know, kind of getting, you know, another season? season under your belt, you know, working out, and then you get this opportunity here. What was kind of your theme that you wanted to achieve in the offseason before getting here? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to keep on honing in all my skills, especially catching, um, like how important that position is. Um, and there's been a lot of, I guess, I guess conspiracy on whether I'm going to be a catcher or not. So, I mean, the only thing that I can control is how hard I work at catching. Um, and that's one of the things that I really worked on this offseason. Worked really hard behind the plate and um, just to kind of prove to everybody that I can catch. Um, and that's something that, that, um, that I can do and I can do it well. So um, that's something that i am really been trying to do. And then hitting, of course, um, like the past seasons, I haven't showed um, my full potential. So. Um, I'm just working towards that full potential, letting the show a little bit, going into that power and um, putting good swings on balls. Now, behind the plate is your primary spot, but if there was one other position you might be able to adjust to, is there a position in your past you used to play or one that maybe you're trying to work on a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I played everywhere. Um, played corner infield, um, played the corner outfield also. So I think I'm, selfishly, I think I'm athletic <laughs> enough to play anywhere um, if that were the case. But, I mean, um, yeah, it's whatever the organization needs, honestly. I mean, I'm open to anything. I mean, this is my hometown team, and so I'm just, any way I can help the team out, that's what I'm going to do, and uh, no questions asked. Sorry, thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. There you go, Carter Jensen, Matt Sauer, James MacArthur, and Matt Quatrero from Royal Spring Training in Surprise, Arizona. We'll continue to have more audio throughout the week, courtesy of Jack Johnson who is living out his dream, really turning into our Kansas City Royals insider. Him and Shane can talk baseball all day long. We love having Jack as a producer, but, man, does he do such a great job covering the boys in blue. So, Jack Johnson, I'm sure you'll make another appearance on the show either tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll see. Not able to make it here today. But at the very least, we're going to have plenty of audio coming from him from Surprise, Arizona. Who will we hear from? We'll have to wait and see. We'll see if we'll get some of the other guys, maybe some of the bigger names. But I do like hearing the stories from some of these other guys that you don't necessarily get to hear from a lot. It's really cool to to get their takeaway on what this moment is truly like for them. I'm sure Shane really appreciates it, being a former minor league guy himself. So we'll continue to bring you some great audio from Royals Spring Training in Surprise, Arizona. Let's take our final break here for the show. When we return, we have a little bit of time. We could do a Mount Rushmore Monday. We'll see if Kyle knows what I'm talking about. That's next here on The Pulse.
Now you're going red hot chili peppers. Have you ever seen Parks and Rec? I have. Remember when Ben Wyatt, when he oh, talked that was about at the auction. red hot chili? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> it's a band talking about <laughs> drug use in Southern California. Their hits ranging from drug use of Southern California to drug use in Southern California. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. All right, we're almost out of here. A couple minutes left here on the show. Do you do you have any idea what a Mount Rushmore Monday is? Do you know? Have you, know, you done this before? I, I think I've done it once before, but you're going to have to remind me. Well, I normally normally let Jack pick the topic, and then we have to pick the the top four of that topic. So, like, greatest potato chips, stuff like that. Do you have any topics that come to mind? Uh, I do. I got one. Go. If I'm choosing. All right. Uh, let's choose the the four best uniforms in the NFL. In the NFL? We're talking all time. All time. Okay. I mean, bring back the Houston Oilers, baby. Oh. It's a clean look. It is a clean look. Super clean. I do like that combination. I really do. It's a great look. So that's number one at the top of my head. My my number two, although Tampa Bay didn't really have all the grace of success in them, but you cannot go wrong with the creamsicles. They're also a great look. I'm a big fan of the creamsicles. Yep. So that would be my number two. My number three, man, this is when things get really tough. Because number three, I mean, the, the the Kelly Green Philadelphia Eagle uniforms just really stand out. But I'll probably go with the, well, it's mainly because of the alternate helmet probably. The New England Patriots with the Patriots snapping the football, mm-hmm. that's probably number three on my list. And then number four, Tough one is trying to round out the starting like the, the the starting four here. I'm trying to figure out the other ones I really like. I mean Seattle's like combination back in the day with Steve Largent and company that looked pretty good. Oh man, this is really really tough. You know what? I'm gonna go back. Well, I mean, the L.A. Chargers back in the day, too. San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Who are your four before I make my final one? All right, number one, the Kelly Green Eagles. I love that look. Okay. Uh, number two might rub some people the wrong way, but I love the white jersey, white pants, all white for the Chiefs. I really do. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Uh, number three, I'm just going with the Green Bay Packers, home or away. Love that jersey. Okay. Love their Love their unis. Uh, and then I'll go with the alternates for the Dallas Cowboys, that dark blue top with the white pants. Oh, you like that? Okay, I got, I got what you mean now. You know what? You know what I'm also going to throw in here? I'm going to throw in this one, the Cincinnati Bengals, all whites. That is one of the better ones of recent years. Yeah, that's I'll go not with the bad. all whites that's there for Cincinnati. All right, well, that does it for us. Good work there. 
Kyle Collier. Really appreciate your help here today filling in for Jack Johnson from Surprise, Arizona. Kyle's going to be doing the show again tomorrow and Wednesday. So, hope you can join us tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. If you missed any of the show from the day, you can go, go back and listen online at ESPNWichita.com. For producer Kyle Collier, I'm Pat Strathman saying so long, Wichita. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock.